Brian? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good, Brian. Good, thank you. This sounds this sounds great. I'm sure Tim will ruin this somehow. Um, I thought that he wasn't going to have anything to talk about tonight, but turns out that's incorrect. He is the one, yeah. Yep. He's, he's in the middle of it all. Welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast Post-Draft Edition. Jackie McMullen and I are right now in different offices in the new Seaport Studios. And Jackie, we are when they say it's on the water, we are over the top of the East River right now. If, if either of us took a header outside these windows, we would be in the water. And it would be bad news because everybody else has gone home, Brian. So I hope you can <laughs> swim. I can swim, but I don't know if I want to swim in the East River. I hear uh, you. Um, here's the other thing. It's um, it's a new building, and it's the air conditioning works just fine. It's, <laughs> now, I like it cold, but Jackie is literally going around the – the uh, the room looking for for clothing to put on so she can do this podcast. It's freezing in here. It's sixty two degrees, and I have on a dress with no pantyhose, so it's freezing. Very cold. Uh, well, we're going to be joined later by Tim McMahon from Dallas. That's got interesting tonight, and uh, we've got Andrew Hahn um, spinning the dials out in L.A. Um, Jackie and I just got done with a. Five hour long jump show, which ran alongside the uh, ESPN draft broadcast. Um, I've never done five straight hours of TV, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little punchy at the end. We did. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, uh, you know, the draft was exciting in the first hour, which I think is, you know, hours two and three a lot of times de- de- define the draft over the long haul, but, you know, for the viewer, for a lot of the people, that first hour is everything. And we saw some decent fireworks in the first hour, a couple of surprising trades, um, and, uh, you know, some guys putting their necks out. I mean, I don't know if any of them put their neck out like the Sixers did with uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Markel Fultz trade like last year. Um, but uh, there was some stuff tonight, Jackie. What would you think of it? Well, I, I, there was, and so much has been written and said about Luka Doncic, and he was at the center of it tonight. Uh, he was drafted and then traded uh, to Ben McMahon's uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, he may have to. McMahon may have to spend a little more time in Dallas and start taking the shuttle to Houston next year. Right. Pretty, pretty stunning deal with with the draft pick. Uh, well, maybe we should, 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 should we unfold it for everybody? Or Please I mean, do, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, Doncic got selected by the Atlanta Hawks and then traded to the Dallas um, Mavericks. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm like losing my mind here. <laughs> but it's they, been a uh, long night. It is. But they um, and so. It made perfect sense in this sense that Donnie Nelson, uh, young young Donnie, but Donnie Nelson, Don Nelson Sr. also were so at the forefront of drafting international players and, and 
uh, believing in international players. Of course, they have a close association with Pop, who made that an art form with the Spurs. And uh, so they have certainly gambled on this player. But I think it was a great move for them. Uh, It's a swing for the fence kind of move. Doncic is an interesting player in that some people believe, our, our colleague Amin did, that he's the best player in the draft has huge upside, um, you know, a, a 6.8 point guard that has great vision that can shoot a very long ball. But then there's a whole other small segment of people who believe that he's not athletic enough, that um, he won't be able to defend one-on-one in the NBA and won't be able to score one-on-one in the NBA. So it remains to be seen whether that's true or not. It sounds like Van McMahon just joined us. Yes, sir. Wow, what timing. What timing. <laughs> McMahon, we Here were up. just talking about Luka Doncic. <laughs> Very good. You did it, Brian. Doncic, like Jock Itch. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, Late there, too, huh? <laughs> what's the uh, – you just got done with the press conference. Uh, what's What are they saying? I mean, they're giddy about it. You know, they think that uh, he's obviously the guy that they targeted all along. They think that uh, 20 years after Dirk, they found their next face of the franchise. Um, you know, Donnie Nelson is trying to talk about, well, he's going to have to earn everything. Da, 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 da. They're not going to make the same mistake they made with Dirk 20 years ago, referring to his dad, declaring Dirk as the rookie of the year before he even, I, I think, knew uh, how to get to the arena. But, uh, I mean, they, he's, they're going to plug him in as a starter from day one. They're going to put the ball in his hands. I think he's going to fit really well as a, uh, as a playmaker with Dennis Smith Jr. And, you know, they think they've got a franchise player. Okay. I have a, a question about Doncic because, like, I mean, I think he's the best player in the, in the draft. But as Jackie points out, there's a lot of people that have reservations about him. Uh, the fact that the Mavericks are the ones that moved up to select him, does that add more credibility that Doncic might be better than people think? Because obviously if one of the teams that historically don't draft well tried to took him, then be like, oh, well, we don't know about that. But if the Spurs did it, if the Sixers did it, if one of these you know, <laughs> traditionally better have you, teams... Have you looked at the Mavericks draft, uh, draft since Dirk? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dennis, Dennis Smith was a good pick. Yeah, it was a good pick last year. And, and obviously... You know, if they got that one right, they get this one right, then then they might have a little something going. They gave up. They hope they gave up next year. They they certainly don't think they're going to be one of the five worst teams in the league next year. And you know, they're going to go get them a center in free agency. Uh, it might be DeAndre. Might finally get DeAndre in the second shot. Could be Boogie. We'll see. But uh, you know, it's interesting because Jackie, like you mentioned, I mean, the, the big question mark here, the big knock on Luca is is he athletic enough? by NBA standards. And and I think he has, you know, I saw uh, P3, which is the, you know, a, a place where a lot of these guys go train. They put a video out on Twitter about his ability to decelerate and accelerate, you know, slam on the brakes and change directions. And, you know, that's something that is a, a big part of what makes James Harden so great, you know, and it's not something that is measured in, in terms, you know, it's not a vertical leap. It's not, you know, the, the three-quarters court sprint, but I think that is kind of an underrated part 
of NBA athleticism that he does have. And then, you know, Rick Carlisle pulled out there when I asked about his athleticism, Rick pulled out the old, I think he'll be deceptively athletic in the NBA, which <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a left-handed compliment. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's also, you know, something that's probably been said about a few European players or, or players of European descent, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, they feel like, okay, this guy's polished skill-wise. He's very refined in terms of the way he sees the game, where they think they can make the biggest impact on improving him is with the strength and conditioning, you know, is getting him into uh, an NBA strength program, and now they call it, you know, performance training or whatever. But they think that, you know, his physique can drastically improve, and that's really going to be a focus for them, especially early on in his career. So I, I, I don't say this with um, any sort of malice, but it does feel to me that um, Don Chich got it. I got it because I kept messing mm-hmm. up tonight on the show. You're doing so really well, Brian. Thank Just you. Call, call him Luca. It's easier. Um, no, I got to get it right. I'm a professional for crying out loud. Mm, um, yeah. Um, it does, you know, it does feel to me like the love for him is a bit driven by the sort of hipster NBA community. Oh, there's no question. He's, he's, you know, he's the great, I mean, he was the great Euro hype guy and look, you know, he was a pro from when he was 15 and the hype's kind of been building and he was the trendy, uh, you know, oh, you know, uh, yeah, hey, I, I watch international basketball and I'm, I know how good, Euro League, right, right, I right. know it's better. Yeah, there, there, there's no question. There, there's some of that, but it's not like that influenced the Mavericks to push their chips in and you know throw in. No, uh, I agree. I agree. Pick to go get them. I agree, but it's just interesting. As I talked to to executives in the league about him, you know, it, it sort of went. Some of the old school guys were like, you know, this guy's good, not great, and some of the newer school guys were like, you know, this guy's as, as good of a teenager as we've seen in a decade and stuff like yeah. that. So. But I will say this. One thing that has to be pointed out here, the Mavericks traded a first-round pick next year, top five mm-hmm. protected, to move up two spots to take a somewhat risky player. Um, yeah. I applaud it, by the way, because I like um, cojones. Show me you got some big cojones. I mean, I, one of now i got to lo- know how to say that Slovenian. I'm going to have to do some <laughs> research. Um, I, like, one of the things I love about Danny Ainge is that he has cojones. Like, Marty, sure does. How many, like, how many front offices have the guts to do what the Miami Heat did in 2010? What the Celtics have done over the last couple of years? It's a very small amount. So well, I applaud the cojones. That said, this is a risky. This is a risky move. Well, True. the interesting thing to me is that the Hawks did agreed to make that trade and then did something equally, if not more, risky. Yeah, by taking I mean, by taking I, I, a Trey Young. Yeah, it, another guy who you know, there's a ton of hype, and then there's you know, very legitimate questions. I think with him, obviously, really starting uh, with the size. And and look, I, I, I mean, obviously, there was no secret that the Hawks were enamored with him, but I didn't see any mock drafts that had Trey Young at five. I think when you talk no, about yeah. when you talk about a you know a potential reach in the top five. You know, that's the guy. I mean, Doncic, everybody thought for months and months and months that he was going to be a top three pick. You know, I mean, I think the, it was a little surprising that he got past number two, not, you know, not based on what 
we'd heard obviously in recent weeks, but you know, a, a couple months ago. But you know, it's funny because essentially the Mavericks' bad lottery luck, them sliding from three to five when they, you know, in, in the lottery, it cost them next year's pick. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, but we're going to put that aside because that's not really relevant because, you know, tonight they had the decision to make in front of them. But, um, uh, you know, you know I, I say this, I think the fact that Donnie Nelson was absolutely 100% sold that this is the guy we need to get that spoke loudly to Cuban because the last time that Donnie Nelson highly recommended a, a European prospect, Cuban said, nah, you know, Roddy that, Dubois. That guy, uh, no, even after that, they they drafted his younger brother tonight. Um, they did, yeah. They drafted old Costas and uh, Kempo. Oh, 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 oh! I thought you meant they drafted. I'm sorry, I thought you meant they drafted Bubois. Well, no, the Sixers. I thought the Sixers drafted him. Well, it, it, they the it was a trade. The, the Mavs oh, okay. gave up 54. It was the 60th pick, Jackie. We were right. Yeah, we were by the, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about it. The Greek freak will be a free agent in 2021. Maybe by that time, Kostas is uh, is actually out of the G League. But anyways, no. In in 2013, if I'm not screwing up the year, they had the Mavericks had their first lottery pick in forever. Donnie Nelson saying, look, this Greek kid's going to be the best player in this draft. We should take him. We should take him. Cuba's like, nah, we need cap space. Let's trade down. Let's trade down. Traded down a couple times. Ended up with Shane Larkin. I think we all realized that uh, the Greek kid ended up being pretty good. Small and hands. Let me way, just say this, though. Howard, or they didn't sign Dwight Howard either. Let me just say this. I have heard 15 different – I'm not saying this is any that you said is wrong. Okay? I just want to make that clear. I've heard 15 different sob stories about teams that were going to draft – yeah, Well, you want to hear something, Brian? I was also thinking about drafting Giannis Antetokounmpo in that draft, <laughs> and I, mean, I regret trading down. Well, one the, the, this one, this one was this one was was told very recently after that. It, it was told well before <laughs> it was clear that that guy was going to be a uh, a stud, you know, or, or even a legitimate NBA player, much less an, an All NBA player. All right. Well, I'm just saying I've heard a lot of those stories. Um, you could have only heard 14, though, because he went 15th overall. Okay, well, whatever. Any, anyway, um, so I don't know. It, to me, Doncic is a guy who, if you picked or you passed, could get you fired by for certain teams, <laughs> for certain people. Won't, that won't be the case with Donnie Nelson. Um, yeah, and he's it, got jobs, and then Cuban's not firing himself. I was, say, I was gonna say that all those teams you mentioned that have cojones in the front office, those are like very secure front offices. That can afford to take those risks, but you know, I, 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 I don't feel like Doncic is a is a boom or bust type of player. Like I feel like the floor is pretty high for him just in, because he is. In fact, that's know, he true. does have NBA size. He does have you know an, an extraordinary basketball IQ. I mean, I, I feel like the floor for him is uh, Joe Ingles ish. You know, and Joe Ingles is a is a high quality NBA starter now. Will he be as will he be an all star? Will he be a superstar? We'll see about all that. But I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who, you know, his rookie contracts up and he's scrounging around for a minimum deal or, or you know, kind of tucking his tail and sailing back to over to Europe. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone.
Andrew, let's talk about something that's very important in life. Do you know what that is? Uh, is it love? That's that's important. I agree. Is it money? <clears throat> also important. This is in the top ten with it. Okay. Uh, it's peace of mind. Oh, okay. Peace of mind. When I was a kid and I heard people talk about that, I thought it was P-I-E-C-E. And oh, I was like, like a piece, a piece of peace. Or a piece of yes, candy. Uh, yeah. Yes, of your mind. Uh, no, peace of mind. Peace of mind is very valuable. You know, the older I get, the more I realize, um, especially in this time where people struggle with anxiety, seems like more than, than in, in when I was younger, peace of mind is very, it's got a lot of value. And that is where uh, one of our new sponsors to the Hoop Collective Pod comes in because it's Simply Safe, who protects more than 2 million Americans' homes with home security systems uh, and gives you what, Andrew? Uh, peace. Oh, peace, peace of mind. Peace of mind. Right. Thank yeah. you. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Peace of mind. Um, and, uh, so that you know that your home is protected, whether you're in it or not. And, you know, you live in a big city, Andrew, Los Angeles. There's a lot of stuff going on. How's your peace of mind when you leave your home? Uh, it is not good because I have a lot of worthless stuff, but it's my stuff. Right. That's right. Um, and, uh, this will not just, uh, you know, it's not just a, a cheap gadget. It protects your windows, your doors, and your entire home, obviously, 24 hours a day, and they monitor it. Andrew, you can learn all about it, including the fact that you can pay just 15 bucks a month with no contracts. You can learn more about Simply Safe and how they can protect your home. Just go to simplysafe.com slash hoop. That's simplysafe.com slash hoop. not my best but what am i gonna do yeah there's uh i just i don't know why i just thought you said had like a robbery story <laughs> sitting in your back no. pocket i wish i did no i, <laughs> no, I don't wish i did but it would have been good for this moment <laughs> The other, I think, one of the other uh, big interesting things that happened tonight was um, Mikhail Bridges getting drafted by the Sixers. Which, by the way, I thought it was a good pick. I thought it was a uh, good pick. A great story. Regardless of the story, I thought it was a good pick. <laughs> and then he's he's in the press conference <laughs> um, talking emotionally Ugh. about about the chance to come play for his hometown team where his mom is. Uh, yes. And he gets traded 
while he's in having the press conference. Why did they let him go into that press conference? Well, you know, it's he only got five minutes between picks. I mean, I understand why they made the deal, though. If they felt like the two talents are close, that 2021 pick from Miami, that thing could be awfully valuable. Yeah, we were saying that exact thing on the show. Seems could be like used in odd, a couple of weeks to get Kawhi Leonard. Mm. It just seems like a very odd decision that this fixture's made. Did, did well, you guys think that was the biggest the biggest thing besides Luca though? Like I thought Porter Jr. falling was pretty dramatic. Yeah, that yeah. was that was. Although you know, it's funny. Once we got here, we started hearing stuff. Well, mm-hmm. before the draft even started, about how. Um, you know, there were players coming in and out of here and you started hearing, oh, yeah, no, people don't. It's not just his health. It's his attitude. And there's some red flags. Of, you know, and I, I, never, I think it was mostly his health. Jack. Well, I do, too. But I think there were he if you if you're a, a really like kid with a big motor who plays really hard and you had that injury and your people say, well, he's going to be motivated to get back. He's a team guy. And, and that that that's not what they were saying at all. Well, that's right? true. That's true. But I, I still think it's a steal for Denver at 14. I'm they're I'm sure they're ecstatic to find just, that kid in their lap. Well, I just think that there were that there are kid that there are players who when they are red flagged by the medical their team's just not going to take them. You know, mm-hmm. I like I know that some teams sent their orthopedics to inspect. They didn't even wait for the MRI or whatever. They sent the orthopedics to actually take a look at him in Chicago. And if those doctors came back and said, we, you know, you can't draft him, you know, obviously there comes a point where the risk meets the reward. And the, and the 14th pick ended up being the, um, the intersection of that. But, I mean, I, 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 but, you know, the, 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 the two things in this draft that I think will be remembered, I don't know for sure, will be the Doncic move and the Michael Porter move when it comes to uh, general managers making decisions tonight. Well, and Vladi going Marvin Bagley the third over uh, over Doncic, and then you know then coming out and saying now oh, it was an easy decision. You know, what wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even close. It'll be interesting to see kind of how those play out. That's been yeah. true for a day, a few days, though, right? We kind of knew that. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a surprise. But I'm saying you know when we when we look back on that on his draft uh, years from now. Also, I do enjoy Joel Embiid going ahead and getting the trolling going on uh, DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't even let the kid enjoy his draft night. Just go right at him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't decide whether I like that or not. I mean, I guess for our business it's good, but... <laughs> it's, it's harmless enough. Yeah, it's I guess harmless. that's true. Yeah, harmless enough. Um, but I think that one of the other big things, though, is, you know, we have two huge players whose futures are in doubt lebron and Kawhi, mm-hmm. and we come came into tonight wondering if something was going to happen there was a possibility of Kawhi getting traded i suppose i would say it was low problem low possibility yeah but, but nothing happened tonight that really changed either of their scenarios i don't you know I did don't you think- hear colin sexton's recruiting pitch to lebron oh was- we did and I mean- and and brian has got hit is quite Appalled at the fact that he's wearing number two, Kyrie's number. <laughs> That's right. And it has Who's nothing number? to do. He's wearing Kyrie's. Kyrie's. He took number oh, two. Oh yeah! Wow. And um, I, I'm fine with him. I'm like, why? I he has unbridled belief in himself. Draft night, 
is night for for being brash and being confident. I don't know if, if I were the Cavs if I would let him have it. Um, yeah, that that uh, that's pretty disrespectful to be honest with you. Yeah, that's um, what we were saying, and that's on that is on Dan Gilbert. That's you no, know, you tell well, Dan kid. Dan probably loves it. First yeah. off. He's the guy they essentially traded Kyrie for. Well, I heard they're going to. I heard they're going to make him uh, have the number in Comic Sans font. That's a good line, McMahon. Good line. Um, thank you, thank you. But um, the thing about it is, Dan Gilbert has no problem. Being <laughs> uh, I think that's that's <laughs> you don't <been> pretty, say. <laughs> um, I am a believer, and I have been trying. Uh, to by sell. the way, aggregate that. There's there's yeah. there's a report. Oh my God! Here I go again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whatever I, I think that I think that's I think that's been proven. Yeah. So um, the the thing about it is, um, I have been trying to sell in Cleveland, and it's getting me nowhere, especially right now with LeBron's future up in the air and his chances of leaving. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to sell in Cleveland the value of that 2016 title, that it is a generational moment, and mm-hmm. that. The losses the last two years have only made that generational moment more special. And much like with the Blazers, where they have sort of branded the 77 title, the spirit mm-hmm. of 77, it is a, a brand and a feeling. It is, a, it is something there. Yeah, it's um, Mavs in 2011. Yes, for there's sure. There's only one. You know? For sure. Um, why don't they have a Dirk statue out there oh, they in will. that plaza? They, they will, perhaps a um, year from now. And, um, you know, I, I just think that uh, to bring, I just think that that's such a special moment. Um, and I don't think that the Cavs even enjoyed it as an organization. You know, when the Cavs beat the Celtics uh, in the conference finals this year, I thought it was a real good accomplishment. And mm-hmm. I know, I know that the Celtics are missing their best players. I get it. But I thought, okay, LeBron's won nine Eastern Conference championships. That may have been his most impressive one that he ever won. And the night that the Cavs had won it in Boston, I was talking to some of their long-term employees and some – like even – I'll tell I went to Kobe Altman and I talked to, to Ty Lu. I said, you know, you guys really didn't enjoy your championship, I don't feel, as much as you should. Will you just enjoy this for at least two days? Because I felt like they didn't. I felt like they didn't enjoy the, the – um, the uh, championship as much as they did. And so my J.R. Smith enjoyed the championship. He did. And actually he should have been a leader in that regard. Believe it or not. I can't believe I'm saying that, but to me, that was so special. And so to me, the number, number two always will signify Kyrie Irving who carried on his shoulders, the the, the trophy to you with LeBron and Mm -hmm. hit the, hit the shot. That was the defining shot. Biggest um, shot in Cleveland history. For sure. And He's not on p- parallel with LeBron, but my gosh, what a moment. What a Cleveland moment. And so my point is that should always be honored, always, always, always. And, and the Cavs should, should have um, special branding for 2016, and they should – anybody who is on that team should be honored. Matthew Delavidova should be a special play- person, you know, Timo Mozgov should be a special person in Cleveland forever because of that. And my long way of saying this is that you shouldn't give away number two a year after he got traded. In fact, you should never give it away again because it should be retired because you, know, you get the shot to leave it the championship. It's interesting because Jason Kidd in his second stint with Dallas wore number two. 
you know, left the Mavericks under not great circumstances where he told them that he was going to resign. Then it was like, eh, actually, the Knicks sound a little bit better. Uh, I'm backing out. I'm going to New York. Uh, they signed Darren Collison to replace him. Collison had worn two his whole career, asked for it. And the, the the Mavericks equipment manager, Big Al Whitley, was like, no, you're not, you're not getting number two. That's Jay Kidd's number. We're not giving that thing away. Uh, so maybe the maybe the Cavs just need to to hire an equipment and, manager and, with a little bit more juice. And I thought that Kevin Durant and the 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 Thunder yeah. giving away Kevin Durant's number was petty too. To a two way guy, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm just guessing in Cleveland, the equipment guy, they probably just don't renew him once his contract is up, right? <laughs> no, the equipment, mm. the equipment guy in Cleveland has been around for decades. Mark Cashman. Yeah, I'm but, just teasing. Um, um, uh, I just I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had I'm, a long contract. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get mocked for this, but I just I think he should have his number retired there. I don't think anybody oh, yeah. else should wear hey, number hey, look, two. Look, if if you deliver, if you're one of the primary reasons a, a franchise's lone championship is delivered, you should absolutely have your number retired. Just like Jason Terry should have his number retired in Dallas. He was never an All Star, but he should have his number retired here. This is the uh, the Bruce Bowen philosophy, right? Guys that were no. integral to the franchise. But the reason Bruce Bowen that was so great that he retired his number was because nobody ever retires number for defensive players. That was mm-hmm. just one of my favorite things that Pop did. That guy got his number retired because he was a great defensive player. By the way, yeah. speaking of great defensive players in San Antonio, I did think it was interesting that R.C. Buford, Spurs general manager, talking to the media tonight, kind of dug his heels in. You know, Kawhi and his family mean a lot to our organization and to community. And, and uh, while none of us would wish we are where we are, we're going to do what we can to, to build the best um, the best relationship we can with him. And we'll explore all of our options. But the first one would be to do what we can to keep Kawhi as a part of our group. To me, uh, I translate that as don't think that there's going to be any kind of discount. Don't think you're going to swoop in and get Kawhi for less than market value. We're, we're, we're more than happy to take our time and be patient and, and let this thing play out. Well, I'm not surprised they would take that tactic. They kind of had to. They had a choice, right, Jackie? They could have. They could have done something and tried to get a, a top ten pick tonight, right? Or mm-hmm. they could have. They could have. And I'm not surprised they went this route at all. But they could have slow played it and seen how things develop. And they chose B. Yeah, but I think they're right to do that. I still think they're right to do that because, I don't know, there's a long time between now and February, and I'm not saying it'll go all the way to February, but so many things can happen. This thing went south over a long period of time. Maybe they can repair it. Maybe they can't. But every indication we've had so far is that over their dead body, do they want to trade him to to the L.A., to the Lakers? Right. So as we talked about tonight, Brian, on the on the special we did on the on the draft special, you know, by hanging on to him, the Lakers can't wait. The Lakers got to get go about their business. And you know, we were talking about the hypothetical situation that they uh, that some you know they give a qualifying hour offer to Julius Randle, and someone decides to throw a bunch of silly money at him, and then you have a decision to make about that young player. Or or or, or as you said, Jackie, I think you said this: LeBron yeah. and Paul George could just commit July first. Right. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, we did. I did say that. So there's all sorts of things. And if I'm the Spurs, I'm just going to sit back and watch it unfold. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Kyrie is under – I mean, Kyrie – Kawhi is under contract. Mm-hmm. And if he stays with the Spurs, he's going to be expected to show up. And let me say something else. 
you say February, but really it's next July. I mean, Could you be. know, sure. now, now we don't know, you know, they can offer him the 219 this July. We don't, you know, if, the, if he doesn't sign it this summer, he doesn't, he has to requalify for it by mm-hmm. either making the all NBA team or winning defensive player of the year or winning MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can, he could do all three. If he's healthy, he should quote requalify. Um, they can still offer him the 219 million a year from now. And, you know, there's, I mean, yes, you would think that February would be some sort of deadline, but it may not be. I mean, sure. We don't, you know, that's why I found this first. Why am I, why am I doing anything right now? Unless there was something that presented itself that I just couldn't refuse. Right. Like clearly there wasn't any kind of offer that was intriguing enough for them to, uh, to, to jump on it. Um, I, you know, I do think it's interesting though, that the, the Sixers made a move to acquire what, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Miami, but you know that could be a. I mean, that could be a really nice asset. Throwing on a deal that twenty twenty one Miami pick. Well, I don't think that the Lakers have maybe done the best maneuvering in the early going here because you know it came out today that the Lakers were kind of put off by the fact that they um, that they didn't basically got rebuffed by the Spurs. But, you know, the Lakers, I understand why they kind of are in a tough spot because, as Jackie was just saying, they don't have the uh, luxury of being patient. The, I wouldn't necessarily call it a luxury for the Spurs, but the, the patience option is a lot more, uh, has a lot more you know, backing and, and, and reason behind it than the Lakers. Lakers got to know one way or the other on Kawhi because they've yeah. got to decide how their team's going to go. And, um, right, and if, for, if for no LeBron, other reason, they've got to have another superstar coming. And if it ain't going to be quiet, you know, they, they got to go all you know on Paul George. You know what, though? Uh, I understand why you say that, and I've said the same thing. I'm not even sure that's true. Really? I, I'm kind of just spitballing here. I'm not, like, saying this because I've heard anything. But I've thought about this a lot. If LeBron chooses L.A., he chooses L.A. You know, he's, he's choosing it not only for what the Lakers are. He's choosing it for what they can become. And if he chooses um, – if he chooses Cleveland, you know, he's he's not necessarily choosing them for what they have on their roster t- today. He'd be choosing them for the belief in what they can become. So you don't and, think for LeBron to leave home. Now, I understand that, you know, if he stays in Cleveland, there could be, you know, that's home, that's, you know, family, whatever. But for him to leave, you don't think the the chance to immediately contend for a championship is, is necessarily required. Yeah, that seems antithetical to the his contract negotiations the past few years isn't it like he's been doing like one and ones every year if there's a win now player in the league it's lebron yeah but i don't think he can get the win now situation anyway oh so if the win now so this is one of the things my thinking on this has evolved um mm-hmm. if you can't get the win now situation you basically cast your vote you cast your lot with the team that you believe can be eventually in the best position and mm-hmm. If you know, if Paul George resign, I mean, you know, very well, Paul George and he could end up with the Lakers. But if Paul George resigns, or even if Paul George goes to the Lakers, if LeBron feels more comfortable in Cleveland, he'll stay. I, I feel like it's not predicated as much on this summer's moves, because LeBron will tell you that when he came back to Cleveland, that it was really more about what was best for his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember from the essay that he wrote, he, he said he knows that, that it wasn't going to be built overnight. 
that he, he knew was going to be an uphill climb to build the championship team. They ended up being able to pull off uh, Kevin Love, and that really helped them jump forward, and he wanted them to pull off Kevin Love and everything. But even though he says winning is the most important thing, I, I don't think that'll change. It wouldn't surprise me if when he says what his, explains what his decision is, that it's a little bit more nuanced than just what team had the best chance to win. Well, I would also say I just, he went back to Cleveland. He wasn't in his mid-30s. Yeah, but I also think the reason he went back to Cleveland was because the, the San Antonio Spurs shut the window, the Miami mm-hmm. window on their fingers. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. I think that had a factor that he went that year instead of waiting a year, Jackie, for sure. But I think he had decided that he was going to go back. And look, he made... Oh. Nope. Brian. Ruh-roh. Brian, LeBron cut you off. He does not, does not want you talking about what he thinks anymore. <laughs> Where'd he go? I mean, you're, you're right one. next door. Can you see him? Are those? Um, I can go look eyes? for him, but I have to get on plug. Oh. <laughs> Hold on one second. Yeah, go, go rescue Wendy. I'll go get him. Hold on. Hello. Oh, hey. Did Jackie come get Jack- you? Jackie just came over and was like, we can't hear you. <laughs> I had made this I had made this brilliant point. Of course I, you did. I had revealed that I actually knew where LeBron was going. Uh-huh. He was talking and talking and talking, and I'm like, what is he doing? He, he's uh, waving his arms. He's feeling really good yeah. about himself. I think, he gave a, I think he gave us a great little something or another. <laughs> so As I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, go ahead. Continue. I don't know where I got, it. but anyway, I think I was repeating myself. But the the, at the end of the day, I, I think that this decision, because it's because there isn't a perfect situation, as he looks for a way to to break mm-hmm. the tie in his head, I think that's maybe that's going to be a factor. Okay. <laughs> I'm not convinced, but okay. Anyway, I don't think they should retire. I don't. I think they should. Maybe not retire number two yet. Which, by the way, as much as I uh, love the guys personally, because I think Larry Nance is a great guy. I love Brad Doherty. Uh, the, the, it's not like this. It's not like the standard for retired numbers in Cleveland is is Boston. <laughs> yeah, but you know, people in Boston would argue that too, there's too many re- numbers that have been retired there too. Yeah, but all those guys have championships, Jackie. I was gonna say, yeah, that's true. Who, who are you taking down? <laughs> well, no, like, well, Jim Luskatov, Lusky, who I love, God rest his soul. I think he passed away recently. I mean, you know, he wasn't exactly a Hall of Famer. Well, I did think it was a little ridiculous when they retired Rick Carlisle's number recently. <laughs> 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 That's a Rick Carlisle joke that I still all admit it. Yeah. Rick. Um, Brian, could you please correct me if I am wrong, but based on what I have heard the three of you guys discuss... I personally thought that if the Clippers were going to trade for Kawhi, it had to happen tonight. And because that didn't happen, it sounds an awful lot like you guys think that Kawhi won't get traded during free agency, won't get traded in the offseason. Obviously, this is complete speculation and opinion. But is that how you feel? I think Kawhi has to take more action. I think he would have to... I don't know if it would require him publicly to say it, but he'd have to come out and basically torch the Spurs franchise. He'd have to up the ante, I think, at this point. Or or Danny Ainge or, you know, some Brett Brown or somebody would have to up the ante with, with what they 
might be offering. I mean, I th- look, I think Danny Ainge, and, we, and we've talked about it a lot, obviously he has the ammunition to where he can make an offer, I think, that the Spurs would say, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, but, good luck, but, Kawhi. But only only if Kawhi gives the Celtics some assurances that he's going to stick around. They're not going to trade Jalen Brown or right. or that Sacramento pick or any of that unless they have some kind of assurances from Kawhi that he's going to be willing to, to you know stay there for the long term. And I just don't see that happening at this moment. Now that could change. Mm-hmm. That could change again if if L.A. if the Lakers have to you know go about their business and the Spurs wait and wait and wait and and the Lakers finally just have to make their moves and then don't have the room anymore for Kawhi uh, for whatever reason right. and then he then he has to expand his list you know then maybe uh, maybe Boston looks a little more attractive the second time around or Philadelphia or elsewhere. Well, and I wonder if it could change if we're getting deep in the summer. And Kawhi's looking at going, man, it would be so awkward to have to go to camp with the Spurs. Like, the, those bridges have been torched. Okay, fine. I'm, I, I'm willing to, you know, expand. Do you the think list Kawhi worries about being awkward? Well, he, he, I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows what Kawhi worries about. That's the thing. Nobody really knows. You know, it's funny. We asked Pat Beverly tonight, uh, Tim, he was on the set with us. And because we were asking him, you know, he's so quiet for with us. Is he like that way with you guys? He said, oh, yeah, we have. He never says anything. So that's even true among his peers. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the Kawhi situation could be, I think what, what uh, Tim just said, it could be the Spurs smoking out offers too. Mm-hmm. let everybody know that, you know, we are not going to trade from a weakness from a position of weakness. But really, Kawhi ultimately has the leverage and the Spurs can can try to create the leverage if they want. They may even be successful at it. But, um, you know, the talent always, almost always, you know, wins out in situations like this. It's just a matter of whether Kawhi has the stomach to do what has to be done. Um, I always say, um, you know, Carmelo Anthony decided he was going to play for the Knicks come hell or high water. And we had the mellow drama and it dragged on for months and months and months. <laughs> And the Nets almost traded for him, and they were going to meet with him, and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, he for, he got him. He's got his way to New York. He got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. But he got what he wanted with, through an organization that was the Denver Nuggets, not the San Antonio Spurs. I think right. there's a difference. I agree, and I think people will, will still to this day say that the way Carmelo went about it was not the way you should go about it. Well, it I'm destroyed not- his career, really, when you think about it. I think it did. It destroyed his credibility. I mean, it, it made him kind of. It kind of made him a punchline among fans. Like I, I bet if he could do it over, he would do it differently, or maybe not even do it at all. Right, and, and obviously New York didn't work out anywhere close to how he hoped. Right, but my point is, if you really, really want it, and you're a top talent, you can make it happen. Well, and look, it, it's clear that Kawhi is not afraid, you know, to, to have things get ugly because they're ugly already. They were ugly last year. I mean, they were ugly enough to the point where, you know, Pop, as tight-lipped as anybody, uh, was sending very thinly veiled messages through the media. So things have gotten ugly. You yeah, know. no doubt about that. They can get worse. Sure Ooh. they can, but they can also get better. Yes, that's true, Jackie. You're right. You're absolutely right. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone.
Peter Millar was founded in 2001 with a single cashmere sweater and has grown into a premium American lifestyle brand featuring a wide range of casual sportswear, tailored menswear, and luxury performance golf apparel. Peter Millar's comfort, fit, quality, and style are setting the standard in menswear. They are great on the golf course because they even have sun protection built into the shirt. And right now, you can head over to petermillar.com slash hoop to check out some of the Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use that link to receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's petermillar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash hoop, petermillar.com slash hoop. Andrew, anything else strike your fancy tonight? I mean, I don't really need to go pick by pick here. Well, we don't have to go pick by pick, but there is one thing that I wanted to ask, which is obviously uh, fit and the team and the situation matters for a lot of players, and they're like generational players where it doesn't really matter where they go, they're going to be studs. Uh, Based on what you guys have seen between the players and the teams that picked them, who would you say are going to be the biggest impact players next season? I don't know about biggest impact, but I liked Grayson Allen to the Jazz. Okay. I liked uh, Wendell Carter Jr. to the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls fans wanted Michael Porter so bad. Yeah, but they're going to really like Wendell Carter Jr. They're going to really like him. They are. Big, strong, huge upside, great hands, good passers, challenges shots. Big, strong body. They're going to like him. The Knicks fans really wanted Porter Jr. too, based on the. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but you know why? Because they just they. Right. That's what they hear. You know, it's you know. <laughs> the Knicks fans have a, they they have such a great history of being right on these picks <laughs> on draft night. <laughs> and I, all our college guys were very excited that uh, about Colin Sexton to the Cavs. Now, whether or not that pans out, we'll see. But they mm-hmm. all they all had great things to say about him. Well, well, it's exactly the type of player that Dan Gilbert wants to Mm -hmm. and and he and kobe altman too but i mean dan gilbert was a driver in this and even from the trade that happened to the pick dan gilbert attended colin sexton's workout i was going to point out dan gilbert didn't attend kyrie irving's workout okay Mm -hmm. so um he was really interested in him that colin sexton workout was the morning after the after uh, the finals right that's right um also, I actually think uh, Jaron Jackson going to the Grizzlies. Um, I think he will. The Grizzlies are expecting to get back into the playoffs with Conley, and they hope the rest of their team healthy. I think Jaron Jackson can help them. I think he can play NBA level defense immediately. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a star, um, but I think he could be a really uh, nice piece who, if he stays healthy, could play in the NBA for. 15, 18 years, and he could help the Grizzlies starting immediately. So I, I like that fit, too. Well, uh, how much can he play with Gasol, though? Well, he's super versatile. Um, just he can really get out on the perimeter and defend. And i put it this way. Um, I feel a lot better about his flexibility defending 
Um, and, and he can also stretch the floor. He's going to be a, an effective three point shooter. I feel yeah. a lot better. I feel a lot better about his uh, flexibility next to Gasol uh, than I would with some of the other guys. He's got a seven mm-hmm. foot four wingspan. Seven foot four, and he shoots eighty percent from the line too. I he's saw a, he's, a, he's like your classic modern day big guy. I saw yeah. a stat today that um, he he was in isolation. I, I wish I could credit the person who did this. I I just saw too much stuff. He was in isolation on on pick and rolls uh, switches mm-hmm. uh, for thirty three possessions this year. So thirty three times he switched out to the guy, and the guy attacked, and he gave up twelve points. Mm. Not twelve baskets. It's twelve points. Twelve points. Yeah, but that's about average for Big Ten basketball. I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah, that's right. funny. Well, Michigan State played some. You know, as you know, plays a real schedule. So you know, who else did, 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 may have done all right or may not have. <laughs> I guess that's saying not much. But this the Robert Williams dropping to the Celtics at twenty-seven. Another yeah. guy that as, during the course of the evening we started hearing um, stuff about. Uh, off the court stuff that maybe not made him everybody's favorite player, um, but the, you know when I remember when I was researching this, I read somewhere some people were calling him a Clint Capella clone, right. right? Athletic big that you know can really guard the rim, can run the floor. Now there seems to be you know we heard oh I heard from one GM low motor because I thought he was going to the Wizards mm-hmm. at fifteen, uh, very low motor. You know we kept hearing great motor, great motor. This guy was low motor. Well. Let's see if, if going on, dropping all the way to 27 jazzes up his motor on a team where that won't cut it, not with that coach and not with those players. And if he ends up being a Clint Capella clone, my goodness, he's exactly what the Celtics well, need. Well, look, what's the percentage chance the 27th pick becomes a significant player in the NBA? Yeah, it's low. Is it like 15%, 22%? I don't know. It's not right. very high. No, so, so this could this is a, a big risk, not much. What is that saying? Well, it's a low risk, it's a low risk reward. high reward. Yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah. he was. I think for much of the draft season, he was projected to be a late lottery kind of late guy. Late lottery. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, we'll be talking more about this. There'll be a lot more to discuss soon. Um, uh, Jackie and I have been up late. McMahon's still working. Andrew Hahn will be working editing this throughout the night. I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of editing uh, to do on this one. Um, uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Way right, to guys. get the Hoop Collective on the first yeah, try. Really? It's just... Yeah. The, now, what's that guy's name? That Luca's last name? Don Chich. <laughs> You're never going to forget it. Now. Very Beautiful. Good. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you, lady and gentlemen. Bye bye. Appreciate Talks. it. Mm-hmm.